how to face the beast and slay it. Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. Oh, <laughs> uh, you! I'm just laughing at you. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about the beast. Oh man, it's 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 about turning facing our biggest fears, right? That's right. So, anyways, how how have you been? Been great, man. We uh, we're doing some home remodel type stuff right now. Ended up doing. A, I, I took a drive to a part of Utah I've never been to before, so that was uh, that was good well, to go where? pick go pick but, up a couch. Where? So um, you're, it's it's right in your neck of the woods, kind of. Really? <laughs> yeah, Eagle Mountain. Oh, you drove all the way down to Eagle Mountain, didn't you? Yeah, hit for lunch or something. It was like it was kind of at nighttime, late at night, and we were on a mission to go purchase a couch that's going into our front room. And uh, I, I didn't even realize that place existed way out there. Oh yeah, Eagle Mountain's great. I like Eagle. Yeah, Mountain. yeah, it was great. So that's what we ended up doing most of the weekend was painting and that kind of stuff. Uh, it never so, ends. Yeah, that's, it's part. It's it's part of it. You just accept that that's the way it is. It never part, it never stops. It's part of life. You know, you're constantly <laughs> creating. It's like a work of art. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to come to see your house. Yeah, uh, it's it's like I was sitting there. I was sitting there in a different meeting over the weekend, just thinking about like stages of life and how I was so happy to be out of the stage of life of like potty training, you know. But then there's always some new stage of life that takes up your time. Now we're moving into like funeral stage of life where <laughs> <laughs> you're going to a bunch of funerals yeah, where, where people you love and know start to like, you're die. not, you're not that old yet. <laughs> you go to like one or two funerals. It's like, yeah, now everyone's dying. <laughs> we're the funeral stage. No, you're not. You're not even close. No. To that. <laughs> you're in the, you're in the prime right now. It's like, you know, cer certain times of life where the responsibility lessens and the freedom increases, yeah. you're, you're like right there, you know, you're, the prime. Yeah. You know, you got your two new hips and you're just like hunting yeah. and hanging out and just living the dream. We are, man. It's actually a uh, pretty good time of life right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's good to see that you made it, you know, you're yeah. a great, men great mentor. I'm still in the what, grind. What, I'm what, still in the grind. Yeah. The, the battle years, whatever, man, you're my, you're my little brother and you're already living the dream bigger than I am. Yeah, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's, should we get into the content here a little Let, bit? Let's get into it. Yep. So, uh, when, when I talk about face the beast and slay it, um, well, Tyler, you know what I'm talking about. Why don't you explain to, to the audience a little bit? Well, yeah, we were just kind of talking we're with this. We we're kind of talking before the episode just about, a pertinent topic and there's just a few things kind of going on right now in in the peripheral of our lives some of our clients some of the some of the things that we're kind of seeing you know the guys who went came and went to the rising sun retreat kind of facing down some challenges that they're facing i know there's some guys in my current groups right now that are struggling some of the women in my groups are struggling and it seems that a big part of the struggle is the fact that so many people 
continue to run from the struggle because they're afraid of what they might find when they face it. And the issue is, is that they're causing themselves more pain and suffering by running than they are from being able to turn around and confront whatever it is that's the beast, their, their past trauma, um, their fears about moving forward with their lives, the steps that they need to take to improve their lives, um, that kind of stuff. You know, Tyler, it's like Martha Beck says that there's nothing the soul craves more than the truth. And um, uh, most of our suffering is about being out of alignment with truth. Uh, and, but we, we live our life out of alignment with truth because of fear. We, we get caught up in fear. So trauma can knock us off kilter where we're not living in alignment with God. We're not in our integrity. Um, we're shame screening all over the place. And we can do that for so long. It just becomes kind of our norm. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden we start creating these things in our life. All this suffering starts to come, whether it's relationship problems or playing small at work or not wanting to be vulnerable with God and not connecting there. And, and so we see the outcomes of our life and we're like, okay, why, why? Why do I have this suffering? And a lot of times what they, what people try to to do is solve what's on the peripheral. Like it's, well, I, I fight with my wife all the time. She needs to be nicer and then we'll be happy. Well, that's not true. Um, you know, I need to stop this addiction thing. And then once I stop this addiction thing, then I'll be happy. It's not true. Like the, the fighting with your spouse all the time or the, the addiction or the playing small at work, there's, there's something underneath. And I think of like, like if you broke your bone, Tyler, when you were really young, let's say, and you never set it right. And so your leg was just a little bit squampus and it healed, but it healed poorly. Um, but you're making do and you're wobbling around and you're in pain your whole life. Um, in a lot of ways, what you need to do is re-break that thing and set it right. Yeah. Right. You know, you know, and, and so instead of complaining that you have a limp and that you can't run and why can't I run faster? I go to the gym and try to run faster. It's like, we got to break that thing and set it right. And that's kind of what we're talking about today is that the painful, oftentimes brutal, but freeing healing work of trauma work to actually go heal what's, what's at the very root there. And yeah, to continue to continue your analogy for a minute, Brandon, with that maybe broken leg that didn't set right. A lot of times, I think we kind of have that happen emotionally, and we don't realize the consequences that we're actually paying in our lives as a result of not having had it set right. So, yeah. you know, it's like with trauma, with past trauma in our lives, we continue to go, well, I don't want to confront that. I don't want to go face that. You know, in fact, for a long, long time, even in our profession, Brandon, people would say, you don't want to re-traumatize your client. Like, don't don't bring up their past trauma. Don't have them like look at it. Don't have them talk about it. And and the truth is, is that some of that isn't helpful to just have a person go tell their story and and relive their trauma. But the the best forms of treatment that we have right now for trauma, they're focused on going into and through that past trauma, in, in a sense, basically doing the break. 
And if you don't do that, then what you've got is the same thing with their broken leg. Not only did you have a broken leg that didn't set right, but now because you're walking differently, you get back problems and hip problems and chronic pain in other areas of your body. And we do that to our lives all the time where mm -hmm. we're so busy running from all the stuff that's that we need to deal with, that we need to go and actually set right that we now have problems in our current marriage that are actually tied to our past trauma. We now have problems with the way we view ourselves that are laced with shame that then prevent us from living our best life or taking a, a little bit of a risk that we need to take or <clears throat> going and going after a dream or something because, because we've allowed ourselves to just accept that that's going to be our life based off of this thing that just didn't get set right. Yeah. But, but here, here's the thing, Tyler, as you say that, and I think this is something that we've discovered and something that's very important to understand that a lot of people don't really understand is what they think is, okay, I'm willing to face my trauma. I'm willing to face my biggest fears, my fear that I'm not enough, my faulty core beliefs, whatever buzzwords we want to call it. And so they go into a therapist and they say, oh, okay, let's talk about it. Like I'm going to tell you about my childhood. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to cry with you. Um, but let's, let's talk it through so that I can be done with this. Um, the healing for trauma work doesn't happen in your prefrontal cortex. Um, and, and so what I mean by that is you can't think your way out of your trauma. You can't just, uh, Tyler, I can't tell you all about my trauma and you're like, thank you for telling me now you're better. Where does the healing happen and how does it happen? Yeah, well, well, I think you're you're bringing something up that's actually been shown to happen here. If you read Dan Allender's book, Healing the, the Wounded Heart, about childhood sexual abuse, he talks about how a lot of times when we've been through these big traumas, one of the ways that we actually cope is to keep it in our rational mind. Yeah. Where you can get someone who's been through the worst thing you've ever heard before, and they can sit and matter-of-factly tell you this happened, and then this happened, and this happened, and you sit there and go, how can you tell that with a straight face? And, and what they've actually gone and done is, is that their defense has been to keep it rational and the healing actually has to happen on an experiential, emotional level. So the very thing that's trying to protect you from that fear and from that shame and whatever is the very thing that's perpetuating the suffering in many ways um, because it's keeping it locked. It's, okay, and we're not going to go there where it's rational. Like I'm not going to feel, I'm not going to feel my way through this. And it won't, it won't unlock as mm -hmm. long as your ego, as long as your prefrontal cortex has, has a hold of it. That's right. Right. I was doing, I was doing a therapy session with somebody just recently, some EMDR, and we were trying to like find the target memory that we were going to start with. And right as we were getting ready to start, they found, they found their target memory and they selected it and we got ready to start doing the EMDR work and we hit this block. And when we hit this block, I kind of said, what's, what's going on? What's happening here? And she said, she said, well, I've got this image in my mind that I'm standing in the middle of a room and all around me are these little glass compartments. And I feel like you're asking me to take out something out of this glass compartment and right now it's organized and I can manage it. But if I take one out, then they're all going to come crashing down and they're all going to pile on me and I don't know what to do with it all. And so I can't even allow myself to go there. And I thought, oh, that's exactly what you're describing right now, mm -hmm. Brandon. Like, mm -hmm. that's that rational defense mechanism that's, that's saying, whoa, this is too big. This is too much. And then what's the what's driving the rest of her life? She's afraid. She's afraid to have to confront any of those things that that, that need to be seen. They need to be validated. And they actually need to be 
reprocessed in a different emotional way. Yeah, but here's what's so tricky and hard is I, I love this example. If your defense mechanisms and your ego show up in that moment with that client and you say, no, you need to go there. Let's go there. Yeah. What's going to happen? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Right. That's why, that's why treatments like IFS, internal family systems are really good. And, and EMDR also has a way to, to address that because it doesn't say, nope, we got to go do this. What it says is, oh, let's find the belief that's actually blocking you from going there. Let's and just let's notice that. Let's start there. Yeah, let's go there. And yeah, we'll start there first. And if there's another block, we'll go there. And we'll just, we'll basically address whatever's blocking it first until we can get to where we can pull those compartments off the shelf and take a look at those things and trust that I have the tools and the ability to manage those emotional things that are going to happen. I, I think that result. I think what, and, and what a therapist's job when you do these trauma modalities is really that the primary function of a therapist is just to create the safety to let that client be right where they're at and to be able to let go and let just just let themselves into the the process there. So for her to be able to say, huh, if I just go with that noticing these glass doors and I see that and I I can just be there and be there in my fear of of you know being scared to open up one of those glass doors, then she might she might actually open one up, right? Yeah. And then kind of see where it goes from there. Um but it's it's our job to just just to create that safety and then through that process of the client surrendering to say okay i'm going to i'm going to try this i'm going to go there mm-hmm. i'm not going to bring in all the things that will protect me in this moment i was doing an emdr session years ago and got really stuck and really stuck and i was trying to we we call them cognitive interweaves i was trying to like help the client move beyond and and what was happening was she was having all this stuff come up both physically and emotionally. And then she would quickly shut it down and put it into her kind of shitty church box mm-hmm. is this is, this is what the church has taught me about what I should be feeling right now. So this is what it is. This is how I need to handle this. This is what it is. And we couldn't get anywhere. We couldn't, we couldn't get to at her actual pain and her actual fears because she got into that construct that she thought she should be in. Yeah. Uh, and, um, the trauma really didn't move. She wasn't really f- able to face that beast that day. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I think, th- I think what you're saying, Brandon kind of brings it back to, okay. So when we're starting to learn to confront the beast, so to speak, <clears throat> one of the things, one of the factors, and this is something that plays out in the research over and over and over again is, is that therapy itself, the most important factor as to whether or not therapy will help you is your actual relationship with your therapist. And, you know, it goes all the way back to, you know, Carl Rogers, who's one of the grandfathers of therapy in general. And um, he, he, his whole model of therapy was just to create safety and show unconditional positive regard and show empathy. That's it. That's all he did. That's all he did. And people would walk out of there going like, whoa, that was the best therapy ever. You know, wow, I've had these massive shifts. Because they uh, felt space and love. That's exactly to right. process and just be. So when it's, when there's safety based off of the fact that there's some type of trust in the relationship, it allows for that defense mechanism to start to come down. And then it allows for the rest of the body. This is what's so beautiful about the things that we do is that our clients already have the resources built into them to make the changes that they want to make in their lives. They just need to find a way to access those tools that they've already got. 
And that comes by letting down that ego or that defense and allowing the body to do its job by reprocessing the brain to do its job by reprocessing in, in a safe way that has an emotional shift or a different, we call it an emotionally corrective experience. Tyler, I should, I should know the science on this more, but like when we were getting trained in ART or accelerated resolution therapy, um, and, and the, the eye movements are pretty fast that, that they're doing on you mm -hmm. and they're teaching you to do. And I thought I was going to get dizzy and kind of vertigo and stuff. And I didn't, um, it almost took me to this kind of dreamlike state. And you think about when you dream, um, really get deep into your dreams a lot of times for me, if I, if I process what my dreams were about, it's my mind is just trying to, and I don't know if it's my mind or my soul, is just trying to work something through and, and work mm -hmm. something out. And when I was doing accelerated resolution therapy, when I was the, the one being you were the client done, done on me, <laughs> um, uh, and, and I just let it go where, where it needed to go. Um, it, 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 did it. It took care of itself, but it was a part of my brain that was very different than um, this very conscious state that I'm in, like talking to you right now. Right. Um, and and it, I mean, that was your experience as well, correct? Oh, a powerful experience. And the, the interesting thing about that, this is true with EMDR and ART, is that there was very little verbalization of what my past trauma was, even though there was a lot of processing of what that past trauma was. Mm -hmm. And it was just done in a safe place. And, and there was a shift that started to take place. And I think part of it was the eye movement. Part of it was the access of that different part of the brain. And then the, the permission to actually let that emotion go and yeah. let it, let it go do what it was going to do. And it was pretty cool. Cause we both did it at the same time, Brandon, and both of us afterwards kind of sat down with each other and were like, how did that work? That was breakthroughs. A, that, that was incredible. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, there was, there was actually like real, real shift. And I think I probably only said maybe five or 10 sentences, the whole session. Yeah. yeah. You know, because, yeah. because there is something powerful about being able to verbalize something, especially when it's got a landing spot that shows empathy, because that's the emotional part of the, the shift is that somebody can hold that darkness that you thought you were so afraid of. Um, but you don't even sometimes even have to say anything to get to that same space of safety, empathy, reprocessing. And that's something that I did find that was very effective for ART for me when I did it, when we did that is the person who was a therapist for me was very attentive and very attuned and and i felt very safe when i was doing it and mm -hmm. um and i think that was a big factor but also the person's not inserting themselves like way too much they're not overstepping bounds they're following a script yeah they're going through this script and allowing you to go through this process and it, it, you know i think that a lot of times we talk about facing the beast and it's like hey i'm like i'm gonna pull my sword out and I'm going to go into this battle. I'm going to fight it. And, and it's not that it's letting your guard down and it's allowing yourself to feel and process things. I, I think that accelerated resolution therapy and EMDR take you to this part of your brain or deep down into your soul to actually heal. I, I've had I've had spiritual experiences doing my own EMDR, but also being a witness to my clients as they do their EMDR. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a 
I've, I've worked with a lot of clients. I had a guy who's, who had a pink bunny come up and it's like a pink bunny. You know, and I tried to not laugh and he, and even he was like, I don't know why a pink bunny's coming up. Like, you know, and then next thing we know, we, we just keep going, processing, processing. And he's like, I, I remember when I was three, I had a pink bunny stuffed animal. It was the only safe thing in my life. And he just breaks down sobbing. Um, and, and then he has this deep spiritual experience and it's like, you know, and I'm just, I'm just going through the process. I'm trying to like doing what the MDR said to do. I'm trying to shut up, like get out of the way, go with that, go with that. And he has this massive breakthrough that changed everything about his life. Um, where he'd been processing things in therapy for years and years and years. And he understood what love actually meant and what love felt like through that EMDR process. Um, so that's what we're talking about, facing the beasts. Um, the outcomes of your life are just feedback to look at and say, okay, maybe there is a beast to face. Right. Maybe there is something to deal with. Um, I, uh, if you don't mind me getting a little weird, uh, Tyler always cringes a little bit. Go ahead, Brandon. Like we don't show our video right now anymore because we're trying to figure that out. <laughs> it's like, all right, here goes Brandon. He, he gives me this look of like, uh oh. It's like, all um, right, what what damage control am I going to be doing? <laughs> um, but but I, uh, you know, here's the thing: e- EMDR, um, ART, uh, they, they're they're experiential. Uh, processes that's, of, of deep healing spirit. That's what our, that's what our retreats are too, Brown. And they're yeah. geared towards that same kind of a model. And that's where I was going with this is like we, in those spaces where there's that feminine or masculine energy um, as a group that you're resonating together and you're having these breakthroughs from, from the heart and soul level. Um, it, it heals uh, much better than, sitting one-on-one in a therapist's office, just trying to talk about your, your trauma. Um, and so it works because it's so, I, I say experiential, but what's, what's a better word for that, Tyler? It's, 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 uh, you know, it's you all, in, it. it's, it's all encompassing. It's like a full body. It's a full contact way of doing your work rather than just the rational part we do we spend so much time in our brains thinking 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 ruminating that's where our anxiety and our depression starts to come from it's like that's good stuff but when you can when you can get the when you can get the heart the mind the soul all connected in that work that's what that that's what that collective energy seems to do is it pulls that the soul into it the whole hearted part of it instead of just this one aspect of us, which is the rational part. Right. And that's, you didn't let me get weird, Tyler. Um, go, for, go for it. You can get weird now. <laughs> so, so one of the, Tyler thinks I'm a little out there. One of the, like probably the most healing thing I've ever done. I've talked about this before is it's in the sacred Valley in Peru, right below the ruins that the Incas built. Um, it's in this, this narrow Valley by a river where the mountains are towering over me on this very, very safe compound um, where we do plant medicine ceremony. And so, and what the plant medicine ceremony does is very similar stuff to ART and EMDR. Um, It helps you get over those protective mechanisms and just feel. And, you know, I spent the day 
I think I spent three hours like looking at a, at a blade of grass, you know, <laughs> but, but having deep breakthroughs and emotional spiritual experiences in this sacred Valley, in this very safe place. Um, and so I came home and a lot of changes happened in my life after that. And as a result, just felt more grounded and at peace with myself. And so it's the same concept. It's the same concept as our retreats that we run or doing these modalities that are not about reinforcing those protective measures, but actually, I don't want to say getting them out of the way, but it's allowing them to just um, take a break for a minute yeah. so that you can surrender into that process of healing. Yes. And so I'm just thinking, Tyler, of anybody who's listening and they're thinking like, well, I have some trauma or I, ha I have some stuff. Um, you know, where do I even begin? What they're talking about sounds interesting. It sounds, you know, like, how do you know you should go do this stuff or it would be good for you? Yeah, well, that's a good question, Brennan. Um, I want to, I'll speak to that in a second, just to, just to add on. I don't think what you just said was weird at all, Brennan. Um, oh. So, so actually, I think the the research is starting to bear this out, and there's some really promising stuff that the plant based medicine has been really starting to look like it's really promising for managing things like PTSD and really deep he depression, healing trauma. Yeah, um, and yeah. and even stuff like smoking cessation. I just saw a study yeah. on smoking cessation that people who do plant based medicine have an 85 percent rate of stopping. Um, but but Pretty, that's a but that's a paradigm shift that's hard for some people. They're they're like, well, you're just going to do drugs, and it's yeah, right. Well, that's what know? I'm. That's what I wrestle with, Brandon. I haven't right. gone and done that because I've my paradigm is still in the process, and that's why I'm really interested in the in the research of all of that stuff. Right. Um, but I don't think what you said was weird, and I actually can see the merit to it, especially with what we do know about how. I mean, we've been doing this thing for a long time, Brandon, and we have seen massive shifts in certain people and changes. And, and without fail, there's certain factors that seem to always be there. And one of those is, you, you know, if you want to go to the scriptures, the mighty change of heart, it's, yes. the, it's the heart that shifts. And I know that I've experienced, you experienced that down in Peru. You've experienced it with EMDR. You've experienced it with ART. I've experienced it with ART. I've experienced it at our retreats. I've experienced it with EMDR. There's something that happens with the whole being when that shift can start to take place and and there's some ways to do it right so you mentioned the possibilities of these plant-based medicines that are being researched there's stuff like the experiential parts of <clears throat> like the retreats that we do or other people do there's emdr there's art there's also just some other things that you know in the day-to-day -day work that we do i don't know how you handle all of your stuff with your groups and things but i give I give assignments that are geared directly towards people going into the cave, taking a look around, and then coming back and sharing with their group what they found in the cave. And the whole goal is, is to try to get them into that emotionally corrective place where, wow, here's my darkness, and a group gets to hold it and go, me too, wow, thanks for sharing, oh, I love you even more, like that kind of stuff. And, and it starts to fracture the false beliefs that have held us stuck, but we have to be willing to go into those places, we have to trust ourselves, we have to trust God enough to know that we're going to be okay once we go there. And when we do, the benefits become pretty incredible. Here, here's the paradox to the, to the healing, Tyler, and what you just said. 
and and you said it on another episode you said something to the effect of you know you'll run from your trauma your whole life until you turn around and you 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 see it and it'll continue to cause you suffering until you see it and here's the paradox to it all is we think we need to go into that cave um and and battle that beast and what what the surrender part of it is is you go into that cave and you go sit next to it to it and you 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 feel it um you feel what it is and you see that it's there and you acknowledge it and you understand it and so sometimes you find compassion yeah and 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 gratitude for it wow i've been through this for a reason wow that person who who started this whole thing who who you know traumatized me um they did that for a reason and i have compassion for them um and so i think that's that's the scariest thing to do it's easy to go fight your beast do you understand what I'm it's, saying? Tyler? It's still scary to go fight your beast, but the but the but it's even more difficult to go and actually learn as you yeah. as you step into that arena and and maybe come to know the beast a little bit. Yeah, and and, and I think safety, whether it's plant medicine in you know in Peru or wherever, or EMDR, ART, or or retreats or whatever, safety is critical to allow yourself to go sit with something that's pretty scary, right? So if that safety is there, you have the courage enough to surrender and let go. Um, you, you, you have the willingness to actually take a look at the fears and the traumas and the shame. Um, then I, I, anyone listening, I promise you that these can be released, that this, this beast doesn't have to torment you for the rest of your life. Um, you have within you the ability to actually heal these things. It's absolutely possible. I can say this personally because I've felt it myself, but I've also seen it done with so many clients again and again and again. Over and over. And and we're we're still trying to figure out the the magic potion to make it consistent for people, but there's a lot of different ways to get there. But I think principally speaking, the things we're talking about seem to be present all the time. Um, that what you just said, safety, the willingness to let down those natural defenses, the willingness to turn and face that beast that feels like it's going to kill you and to actually learn how to surrender to the learning that can happen when you face it. Um, there's a, there's a quote that I, I use a lot. It's hanging up on my wall in my office that fits really well here. So Brandon, it's time for quote time. <laughs> uh, I, I always hope for a poem, but I'll take a quote. Okay. We're just, you're, I'm just, I'm going to sell you short today. We're just going to do a quote, but <laughs> it says, it says, when a man makes war on his own weaknesses, he engages in the holiest war that mortals can ever wage. The reward that comes from victory in this struggle is the most enduring, most satisfying and most exquisite that man can ever experience. And I, I found that to be true, Brandon, in, in my own life and also what it seems to be in the lives of my clients, that it's it's the work of a lifetime, really, to to continue to unfold those things, to make a war on our weaknesses. But I'm, we're using that quote in a weird way because the way that you make war on it is by actually coming to know it. Yeah. 
it's like it's like Lincoln. If you've ever read Lincoln's book, um, Team of Rivals, phenomenal book for people. But he takes every single enemy he ever has, and he ends up getting to know them and putting them on his team. And he still doesn't make; they're not like best friends ever. But his the people who are his enemies become his biggest supporters in a lot of ways. And he he was a master at this very principle of go into that dark place. Go in there with curiosity, with a willingness to understand, a willingness to grow, a willingness to trust yourself and God that you're gonna you're gonna be okay. And the reward, you you come out with superpowers on the other side, yep. with these yep. new new beliefs about self and your potential and who God how God sees you and and what life can offer you, and and in a lot of ways the weaknesses themselves they truly do become strengths. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty remarkable what you're saying is that beast that we're talking about facing actually can, can be in other words, that trauma and that shame that has been your biggest fear that's causing you the most problems can actually be one of the most profound, important um, things that you've ever learned from and is, is fighting for you in many ways. And, and so there's a way to go through the process of, of stepping into that cave to to make that shift. And so you're not suffering from it, but actually using it toward fulfilling your purpose. And I'm just excited that uh, you're going down to Peru with me now. This is awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to have you there. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, I'm a little bit more conservative, so I'm going to wait for some more of the research. But right now, all the research is pointing to Hey, this could be really helpful. Yeah. So, yeah. and I, <laughs> so it kind of depends on when you decide to go. If you're going tomorrow, probably not. If you're going a little bit later on, that's a definite possibility. Hey, 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 we're getting older. You know, we don't we don't got all day long. You got to get <laughs> on the stick here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, for those for those of our listeners who are listening to all of this, there's probably a lot of thoughts swirling through their brains. I know we're just about out of time, Brandon you know, where would people principally speaking, where would people want to start if they were listening to this and going, you know what, maybe it's the time for me to take a look at my cave to step into that a little bit further. There's, we talked about all these different modalities. What would you suggest in terms of where to start? Well, the, the very first starting place is to get honest with yourself about are, are, are you getting what you want out of life? So, you know, is that, is there a nagging addiction that you're just not dealing with? Is your intimacy and your relationship only so deep? Um, you know, for you to get honest with yourself and say, hey, maybe there's something blocking me here. Um, because there's a lot of people who are in, in a state of contemplation about dealing with their problems who never actually do it, right? Mm -hmm. And so first and foremost, get honest with yourself about what's working for you and what's not. Um, secondly, have some compassion for yourself. Um, love, love your shadow a little bit. And realize that it's okay that you have some problems. Um, thirdly, seek some seek some help and some guidance. And um, you know, both you and I, Tyler, are big on on getting trained in these modalities. Um, you can find me at therapyutah.org, and all our therapists are trained in ART and EMDR. Um, you can find you at love. It's lovestrong dot um, lovestrong dot com. Same um, thing. We we make we put a high priority on making sure our therapists are trained in these trauma kinds of therapies because you and I both believe in them so much. 
Yeah. And when I do intakes, Tyler, I, you know, I kind of outline to people like, this is the therapy that I think you need. And more and more so I'm saying, and, and I know we, I know we push this hard, but I'm saying, you know, even though our women's retreat is five months away or whatever, sign, get, make sure you get signed up for that. Um, do your ART, do your EMDR, get, get to the Radiant Dawn retreat. And I'm not saying this out of a, like trying to promote no. this right now, but we don't even have a link to sign up for it right now. Um, <laughs> it'll, it'll actually be out next week, probably coming soon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but the point is, is that will supplement, um, the, the trauma work that you're doing and it'll help you get a support system to be able to, to do that. And so, um, so yeah, um, our retreats, um, and, uh, you know, I, my Peru retreat, I do by invite only, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're really, really interested in it, then you can message me at brandonpatrick.com, but we screen people and make sure that you're ready because we don't just let anybody go down and do that with us. So, um, so that's, yeah, that's some of the ways to start to move forward and, and get the resources you need. So. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, if this rings a bell, you guys love to hear your thoughts, your opinions, your own feedback. Um, thank you to you guys who listen and who support us. Uh, we we really do just want to be helpful. And if you find these things helpful, the way that you can help us is by sharing our episodes with people that you know would benefit from them and by giving us reviews on whatever podcast platform that you're listening. So thank you for what you do and for, for being here with us. Go face the beast. See you guys. (laughs) 